that would like try to shovel despite yes like despite 100%. not being in good health yes 100 percent. he doesn't want to rely on anybody else some people may not like it but i appreciate like we said it yesterday. The boomers definitely had their drawback, you know, their yeah. the bad and the good. My dad was a boomer. Yours um They got the work boomers, ethic right. though, that's for sure. What's that? They got the work ethic, that's for sure. That's what I was gonna say. Like my pops was getting up at three AM every day, going to work, getting done so he could make my hockey game. Like, you know, so he could make it. Oh yeah, same. Same. Like, it's that type of stuff. And put in the full day of work to coach eleven year olds play little league. Yeah, man. Yeah, they had they. If nothing else, they had work at for sure. Yeah, at least I, the I didn't I... get that. Didn't inherit that shit at, <laughs> at all. Not for like, not for hard work. Oh yeah, like yeah, that type of work. I got a work ethic for this, which is you know not the same as like I got to be at the mill for fourteen hours today. <laughs> Dude, the worst job in the world to me would be like okay, so manual labor. There's no doubt that it takes a true physical toll on you right like big time physical toll i got got a lot of buddies who are not even 40 yet and you can just see it in the way they walk in the way that like it's a hard it's a hard toll it's a tough life there is no job that i would rather do less in my life i'd rather be out on a crab fishing boat i'd rather be you know there than a stay-at-home dad i hear you i could never you should try having cooler kids. Oh, dude, my daughter's cool as shit. But <laughs> but I'm saying that okay, you know, maybe and also, you know what? This is probably this is probably an unfair response for me because I'm thinking of it having a two-year-old and a newborn. Yeah. And like my I'll tell you what, the mental and like emotional toll that can take on you every day is nuts. Yeah, but if you had one kid and they turned seven. Then being that stay-at-home dad is that's wait that's that's what I'm saying. So so I should preface in school. it with like <laughs> I should preface it with early years stay-at-home dad sounds like the worst experience ever. Yeah, agreed. By the way, that's that Bill Burr bit. He's like, yeah, it must be really tough putting those DVDs into the, the DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> in today's edition of Questionable Parenting, welcome to the Stochastic NBA Strategy Show. By the way, happy to have you guys with us. So my daughter will be three in like three weeks. And she's been a pain in the ass with brushing her teeth. Okay. So I Google image search meth mouth. And it's kind of like a little brushing your teeth scared straight for her. Held the phone up and go, this is what your teeth are going to look like. She goes, ooh, disgusting. Did not like that. But now every time after she brushes her teeth, she goes, daddy, can I see the dirty teeth? She sees, <laughs> she, go, she goes like this and then goes like this. She's like, ah. So she wants you to print see one it, out. but she knows, but she knows. I said, well, let me see your other oh, clean. You're good to go. But um, clearly a questionable technique, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it worked. Yeah, no, I just, that's great. That's perfect. You didn't have those sorts of resources. <laughs> what were you going to do? Go grab the encyclopedia off your shelf when we were kids so they could show you the inside of that mouth. Right, exactly. Yeah. You just, I tried many different techniques. And once I finally showed her just thought fully rotted out mouths, with black gums she's like oh yeah maybe i'll brush my teeth how you feeling this morning i'm feeling all right good enough i'm ready to hit you with uh what i told you i wanted to hit you with today i said i had a question for you we can do it we're getting a lot of snow right now 
So I'll have to go handle that afterwards. Ooh, I don't mind it. I throw on my I throw on the AirPods and just rock. Yeah, it's it's a much. We, we had this conversation before. It's a much better experience than it was when I was twenty, and you had to put like a disc man in your pocket. Yeah, to do exactly. it. <laughs> right. The AirPods, solid, dude. Very yeah, solid. It, that changes the game, and it's way podcast. easier to dress warm now. Like warm <laughs> clothes are better than they used to be. <laughs> so it's not so All bad. Right. So here's what we'll do. We got six games to touch on. By the way, a we lot do. of low low totals today. Yeah. Eight of these teams playing today are on the front end of a back-to-back. Mm -hmm. Eight of them, front end of a back-to-back. -back. Uh, I think only one or two are playing the back end. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee, Tim Minnesota. Yeah. Yep, yep, Milwaukee, Minnesota. But eight on the front end, that's significant because we have 13 games tomorrow. Yeah, big one. Let's Not playing that shit, that's for sure. We're getting into some basketball first, and then you can hit me with these. I want to. I want to space this show out a little bit and make it. You can hit me with this in a little bit. Keep it in the. That's keep, fine. Keep it, keep it holstered. We got. I got nowhere to be. All right. By the way, dude, Halliburton did play over thirty-four minutes last night. I texted you and stunk. Like, yeah, nothing worse than nailing the minutes, and then he just shoots five for fifteen and has thirteen points against the Hornets, in which they lose outright. Just truly ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly. Like if, if when I, I saw it, I was just like, oh. Yeah. If I told you he was locked for 34 minutes, or if I told you, like, look, I'm I'm playing this game, you know, I'm gambling on this you, one. And I'm like, yo, he got 34 minutes in 10 seconds. To, you'd be like, awesome. Yeah, you, you getting the minutes right and then getting like the 15th percentile outcome is against the Hornets. Infuri infuriating. Yeah. Not against not against the Timberwolves, against the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> It's in, it couldn't, it's it, very little is more irritating than when you get it right, but you get it wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Same thing with football where it's like, you nail the snap counts or the carries like the work. And the guy gets the tackled at the one. And yeah. And they average negative one yard per carry. Yeah. Those type of games are rough, but. Or like your dude gets tackled twice and then it's the, you know, instead yeah. of DeAndre Swift getting the touchdown, it's Montgomery or I'm yep. just inserting old people that used to piss me off. I don't those guys aren't on the same team anymore, but you know, you know the drill. They were never on the same team. Who am I thinking? Singletary? <laughs> Montgomery? Who was no, the, DeAndre who was the Swift and Jamal Williams? Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's right. Yes, exactly. DeAndre Swift down. Uh, everybody that I named is a vulture in their own right. For some teams, Correct. I'm just putting them on the same team. But you'll take that. Like you'll you'll take that. You, yeah. You'll you you're vindicated in it. Like okay, your thought process wasn't crazy, but you yeah. talked about it. You're like you'd rather be early than late. Sure. Yep. But now what sucks is he plays th for 34 minutes. So next game, everyone's like nobody lost on not playing Halliburton. That's the shitty. Part. No, th there goes being early. Yeah, but uh, they lost outright. Victor Wembanyama had a points, rebounds, blocks, triple double. He had 24 yeah. points and 24 DK points in stocks. He was three steals away from like a really insane five by five. Yeah. Dude. Insane. And the Sixers won outright against the Cavs team that had won like 17 of their last 18 games. Buddy Heel fouled out on a terrible play on an inbound where he turned it over. They were up 10 with like a minute to go and almost lost, but um, dude, his impact was felt yesterday. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Buddy Heald's impact was felt without him. They get crushed. 
I am very anxious to see, like, I really wish Embiid was just healthy. I know. If they can just hold on to like the sixth seed and get Embiid back. I just, I don't think it matters. I just, I can't, he's when, even when he comes back, like this is a dude that isn't really ever in the correct shape without being able to play for a long stretch. He's going to be in horrific shape. You're probably, you're right. And it just, it sucks because he was having a remarkable season. Yeah. Like as good a season as you could ever have. And then it's over. But why would you bring Buddy Heald in unless you think that he can come back? Contracts and stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I guess. That kind of shit. I had a question for you. I was talking to a few buddies yesterday. I figured Josh would be the best one to answer this question, right? So That's probably true. Lizzie. Well, from a contract from a contract standpoint, you're my go-to guy on all this. Okay. Um, so next year, let's say Embiid's still there. Let's say they keep Buddy Healed. Do you think because Paul George is a free agent? You have like yes, so he- the wings I'm thinking of are Paul George, Siakam's not a wing, but you know, you can get thrown at the four because they have to get rid of Harris, right? Like I can't imagine they keep Tobias Harris. Maybe let's say let's say they don't. OG Ananobi's okay. out. OG Ananobi's out there as well. Right. Do you think Paul George is a feasible fit for that team? If they can sign Paul George, that's their goal. Okay. That right. Like that. That would be the, the number kind of one priority team. is to in Daryl. I would imagine in Daryl Morey's mind right now, the number one priority is to sign Paul George if they can. And- Paul George isn't the best at like knifing to the basket and that type of stuff. But here's the thing. You don't need that when you have Maxi, who's good at getting to the rim and Joel Embiid, who you can just feed the ball down low and who can score from anywhere. And if you had another outside guy, just say, buddy, like that would, that would by far be the best team that Embiid's ever played on. And it's not even remotely close. No, it'd be, you'd be looking at Maxi Melton, Paul George, probably Nick Batum in theory and Embiid. Yeah, healed too. I was saying if they kept healed. Sure. Well, I don't think he would start in and close in those situations. You think? I think they would, would have. Mel- I think it would be Melton first over over uh, healed. Healed your six man. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that is unequivocally their goal. I don't. The only way that that is possible is if something bad happens to the Clippers. Paul George is not going to leave L.A. if it if this season goes well for the Clippers. OG is not going anywhere. He's going to be in New York. Siakam's not going anywhere. He's going to be in Indiana. They don't really have any other options. They got to trade for someone, not sign someone. For sure. For sure. Anyway, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Boston, Brooklyn. All right. Boston, eight and a half point favorite. 228 total. Porzingis questionable. So that's a piece of news that we'll have to work with a little bit here. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but there are some low total games. There's no doubt. Like there are are a lot of teams and games where in many cases, if it was on a better slate, we might not even be talking about them, but uh, we're going to work through all six of these and we'll do the best we can to get you guys in and out with the best information possible. So the Boston Celtics today, assuming Porzingis is in, You've got 14% going to Jason Tatum. Then it's just pretty much spread out, single-digit ownership for these guys. 
it's been a tougher time getting to them. Like Brown's 7,700, Porzingis is 7,800, Holiday's 6,200, but playing alongside Porzingis, Brown, Tatum hasn't exactly provided him with night in and night out upside this season. Uh, it's a kind of a weird team to target, especially in, you know, not that I have to say it's the worst matchup ever, but it's not a super high total in Brooklyn either. No, I have very little here. Tatum is definitely the guy that I think looks the best. And I think that's why we're seeing the ownership come in like that. You know, we're going to be in that 1.3 to 1.4 fantasy point per minute range. Obviously, if Porzingis ends up out, you get an incremental bump to the rest of the starters. But uh, our optimal rates, honestly, probably like these guys a little bit more than I do. You know, we're around 10 for Tatum, 11 for uh, Jalen Brown. We've got Derek White at 14. Um you know, nine for Drew Lowman is probably Porzingis at six. I think, you know, they're all like five to 10 percenters. It's it's the same situation we get for Boston very regularly, where Tatum generally looks the best because he has the highest ceiling of anybody on the team. And then you're totally happy to get to any one of those 32-minute-a-game to 35-minute-a-game starters. But it's so hard for any of them to look like a priority when everybody is in because there's just – you have to thin – you're thinning these guys out like – it's great for Boston as a team. It's not great for Boston's individual stats, or at least for feeling good about getting to any one guy. I have one share of Jason Tatum for Boston right now, and that is it. You also, despite only having six games, you have SGA, you have Anthony Davis against Detroit. We'll see him and LeBron are questionable, whatever that yeah. means. Um, but it is the front end of a back-to-back, -back, and they've got the, the Jazz on the road in Utah tomorrow. So maybe you see something here. I don't know. That could change a lot. That's a late game, both late games, both 10 and 10.30 games. Sorry, three late games, three 10 o'clock yeah. games on the slate tonight. Only two 7.30s and one eight. You have Sabonis against Phoenix, Durant and Booker against Sacramento, LeBron James against Detroit, Tatum. So that that's it. I don't know if – do any of them stand out to you as like this is the, 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 the by far best payoff option on the slate? For me, yeah, I've got Giannis in half of my stuff right now. So okay. I am getting to a boatload of Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll see if that holds. We only have him for 6% ownership too. Like if Sabonis is 20% owned and Giannis is six, I'm going to figure out a way to get to Giannis in the large field contest. I don't even know how you feel comfortable going to Sabonis over AD and he's projected for twice as much ownership. Like those guys are basically the exact same dude as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not that like Sabonis doesn't look good, but if he's already 20% owned, just give me one of the other guys around him. It's amazing how much ownership is going to be concentrated around the Miami heat tonight. <laughs> That's that team. I They're mean, missing everything. Yeah. We have, if, if you look at our ownership projections right now, it's all heat at the top. Yeah. All it's heat. They're, they're missing a lot of bodies and most of them are the ones that are able to dribble. Yeah. And then you've got the Brooklyn Nets on the other side of this Boston game. 9.7% going to Mikel Bridges. Dennis Schroeder getting 6%. Look, it's it's not a good matchup. No. Miles My, Bridges is, I think you could say, reasonably priced. But I, I, I'm at a loss on how you prioritize the Brooklyn Nets today pretty much anywhere. E even with Bridges, I think it's a totally reasonable price point. I don't think it's a bad spot. If it's a close game, you know he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's a high-usage wing, shooting guard, small forward eligibility. But he's not exactly loading peripherals on you. He's 
He's the no. type of guy that, you know, if you were to get 43 here, you'd probably, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's a tough time getting bridges, you know, to like a, a 50 plus fantasy point game, particularly in this matchup. I've got 22% of Mikel Bridges at 10% ownership. He is wow. a bit of a GPP option for me. We have him pretty positively leveraged, 15% optimal, 10% ownership. It's just one of those situations where six-game slate, so relatively limited in choices. His price is reasonable at 7,400. He's a fantasy point per minute dude, basically in every sort of situation, 1.03 over the past 30 days. And you get that guard forward eligibility. He's the type of guy that I think I would have less of as the day goes on, potentially depending on how everything breaks, but he fits really well right now because you can move him around. The price isn't so high that you are blocking other things out. He kind of just fits perfectly for what this slate looks like right now. After that, it's pretty dreadful to me. Like we have the positive leverage on Schroeder. I don't have a great feel for like what his playing time and role is going to be for this team just yet, but I, I get it. He's the second most owned guy from Brooklyn at around 6%, but only Bridges gets double-digit ownership. Only Bridges gets double-digit optimal rate. I do agree with that one. He is the guy I'm getting. Have a couple shares of Cam Thomas, one or two shares of Nick Claxton. It's really, to me, Bridges are bust. And it's tough because Ben Simmons has been a real quality per-minute producer since he returned to the lineup. You haven't seen him play more than 22 minutes. And would I be shocked if he played 24 today? No but they're clearly working him back slowly. And yeah. every time he's back, he's back out again. So, I mean, hell, dude, Ben Simmons at 4,600? Give me give me Ben Simmons at 4,600 and give me 22 minutes. I can handle that all day long. He's almost 6K, though. I just don't see how you can yeah. make any argument for playing him, despite how good he's been on a per-minute basis. Yeah, 1.45 over the past 30 days, but he's, he's just not going to be out there enough. Uh, essentially... He and Dennis Schroeder were direct subs for each other. Schroeder played 26 minutes. Ben Simmons played 22. Every time Ben Simmons came off the floor, Schroeder went in. Yeah. Interesting. Like, you get it from, like, a certain dynamic, but that is a very different player. Yeah, from Ben Simmons to Schroeder. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. inverses of each other. But to be fair, given the position that Simmons is playing and starting at, almost anybody yeah. is going to be different than him. And they just keep running Simmons out for that first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter start at rotation. And then they're just, yeah. they went the opposite way with Schroeder, where it was just like, close the first, close the second, close the third, close the fourth. I'll tell you what, dude, this is different than Halliburton. Cause I think Halliburton was far more alive to play those additional minutes, just given that he'd already played 30 since returning. Yeah. The day that Ben Simmons just comes in and plays 29 minutes at 5,900. Of 60 fantasy points. Then everybody yeah. will go to him the next game and he'll have three, four, and one in 18 minutes and everybody's going to want to kill him. And leave it at halftime with back tightness. Yeah, that's what will yeah. happen. Yeah. He'll have 60 fantasy points with five real points. It's just the yeah. way it is. OKC in Orlando, 223 and a half total. Josh, there's also a 222 and a half. There's a 215 that we'll get to. Yeah. There's, there's a couple gross ones. There's two monster totals, both of them in late games. But we got to get to this one first, Thunder and Orlando. So Thunder are uh, three-point road favorites. Orlando is just one of those teams, though, that, you know, they don't make for the best matchup specifically. They, they play, play pretty slow in pace. Defensively, they've been very good. 
Uh, NBA stats has them with the fourth best defensive rating on the season. And SGA is the highest priced player on the slate behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. So how do you look at somebody like SGA and prioritize him across the rest of the field? I would like to, but I, I think he just kind of looks like everybody else does at the top. You know, whether that's AD, Sabonis, Durant, Booker, LeBron, Tatum. Like, I don't I don't see much of a difference here from these guys, at least not yet. Uh, we do have him 15% optimal, 11% owned, so a little bit of positive leverage. I'm getting so much Giannis that it's really blocking me of, from everybody else in this current moment. What that looks like later, we'll see. I think SGA is really the only thing that you're going to get to with any sort of volume if you're trying to go to Oklahoma City. You've got Jalen Williams, 8% optimal, 6% owned. That's the high mark for anybody other than SGA. So not a lot of love coming in here. Orlando plays slow. They're good defensively. This is like a pretty bad spot for the Thunder from a DFS perspective, especially when you have everybody in. Like these are their normal five starters. We don't have a lot of wiggle room for anything else. You can play any one of their starters. I think SGA is the only one you try to play. Man, the Orlando Magic. We have Jonathan Isaac getting a lot of ownership right now. He's yeah. coming off a 25-minute performance off the bench. Yeah. However, five of those minutes were in overtime. They were. So he played 20 minutes in regulation. Yeah. that's a, it was, That ended up being a very weird game, too. Uh, against Chicago? Yeah, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter Jr., and Jalen Suggs came out at the end of in their rotation in the third quarter. All three of them never saw the floor again. Well, to be clear, Suggs got like 30 seconds at the end of overtime, but like they all were done. They didn't see the floor in the fourth quarter or basically all of overtime. They closed yeah. all over the place, and then they brought Goga in, and Goga played the final 14 minutes of the game, including yeah. OT. None of it made sense. Goga Batadze, Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, Bencaro, and Franz Wagner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, so they went on a run. They were getting beat. They went on a 16-4 run in the fourth quarter with all those guys on, and they just let them ride it. Which, Which you know, makes like, it makes sense when you look at it like that, but it uh, down don't 11, expect that every day. Down 11, and then they took, like, a four- or five-point lead what, yeah. before they went into overtime. Yeah, so I don't know. We're, I mean, we've got a lot of ownership going to Isaac, to to Franz Wagner, to Cole Anthony. Bancaro's getting some. Suggs is getting some. The, the Isaac one is the difficult one for me, and I, and I know a lot of this is just lack of value, but yeah. when it comes to someone like Franz Wagner, th that makes sense. 7,100, but he, the guy plays big minutes in competitive games. He's, he's, he's a really solid player overall, well, well north of a fantasy point per minute. Uh, ben Carroll being another guy, 8,200, so he's definitely more expensive, but he's also going to play 35-plus in a competitive spot. It's the cheap ones here that are that are a little bit scary to me. I'm over the field on everybody on Orlando except for John Isaac. Right. That that's I figured that would be the case. Yeah, he's and like 3400 for him, power forward center, 0.95 fantasy point per minute guy for about 18 minutes. Like that value's there. I have 18%. He is a good point per dollar play. He is the you know, they have five guys in the teens for optimal rate. He is one of them. The guy that I like the most here for Orlando is Suggs. You know, if he's playing 28 minutes a night, we have him with the most positive leverage in the boom bust tool. 19% optimal, 12% owned. 
Right now, I have 46% of them. He seems to be like the most underrepresented dude to me. That'll come down for me when I think his ownership comes up a little bit. He hasn't been good lately. 0.77 DraftKings points per minute over the past month. I project this a little bit better. And you do get the pace up spot for Orlando. While OKC has basically the same defense as the Magic, they pl- they're they eighth in pace in comparison to Orlando's 23rd. But that's not even what, like, I've got 32% of Franz, who's 24% owned. I have 24% of Cole Anthony at 3,500 today. He's 19% owned. I'm dead neutral with the field on Paolo. I've got 12% of a 5% owned Wendell Carter Jr. Like I'm getting to these dudes. I've got 150% aggregate exposure to Orlando. They're, they've got 100. So I'm you know, 50% higher than the field on Orlando in general. Lots of pieces here to like, even in a bad spot. Agreed. The only thing I keep coming back to on Isaac is that you're talking about a guy who, yes, he's coming off a solid game, but he had five minutes in overtime. And as you pointed out, definitely an odd game. Okay. Very odd game where you can't project it for 25 minutes. I mean, if you're even projecting him for 20 minutes is like, that's the high end of any, any minutes projection on Jonathan. It is. It is. It is. If you look at per minute production, he's had, and this is just like, dude, this is the most basic type of analysis here, but, but bear with me. Outside of that last game where he played in overtime, dude hasn't had north of 20 fantasy points since November. And I know he missed some time, but you're going back like 25 games since he's had a, a game north of 20. So, like if he really were to come, if he really were to come in with the quarter of the field having ownership to this guy, it it feels unlikely that he kills you is what I'm saying. If you don't have it, yeah. you just need so little from him. I've I got his target that. right now at 26. Sure, no, 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 I get that, but even that is what, what I'm saying. Like even 26 has been essentially unattainable for him. Yeah, you're hoping that he gets one of those games that he saw like two weeks ago. He got uh, 22 minutes on the 26th. He got 23 minutes on the 28th. Like if he can sneak a couple extras in regulation, that's where you start to be able to like squeeze that down a bit. Yeah, I don't care about fantasy production there if you're telling me like he can get 23 minutes. Yeah, but But that's also not necessarily a guarantee. I, I think he fits this matchup pretty well. Sure. Look, I don't think he's a bad play. All I'm saying is 25% seems like a lot for a guy that is a sub one fantasy point per minute guy who very likely plays 18 to 20 minutes. I agree. Anybody else for Orlando? I don't think so. Uh, I got a couple shares of faults. He's 4,500 minutes are not appealing right now, Um, but I guess they could be, (laughs) you know, if he gets up to that like 24 range. It's not that hard for him to pay off 4,500, but uh, I, I think everybody else that we mentioned for me, it's Suggs, Franz Wagner, Cole, Anthony, Paolo. Like I, I want to get to those guys first. All right. Um, a couple things here. One, we had a $10 super chat from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew morning guys. And happy birthday, Josh. Find a way to get this $10. <laughs> Get this $10 and get yourself uh, some Zin. I do a can of six milligram spearmint per day. Is that a lot? Oh my God. That's a lot to me. I mean, (laughs) that's a lot to me. Yeah. All right. Now I see Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. That's so 
God damn. Obviously, you know, I don't I don't do Zen. I was I was a smoker. I have made some transitions over the past couple of years. You are still a smoker. You just I'm not. It's probably worse. Anyway, how, are do these Zins are they are they just like pouches? Yeah. Okay. How many pouches come in a can? 15. So he's doing and how many milligrams of nicotine is in yours? I use threes, but I'm about to I'm about to graduate to high school. You're gonna crank it up? Yeah, yeah. I gotta stop with the vape, but I, I've been on three forever. I'll never go any higher than that. I don't you I don't just, you, you press it right against the tip of the bee hole, squeeze those cheeks, man. That nicotine gets in your system like you wouldn't believe. Good. You're gonna start using these like fentanyl patches. Uh I mean, if I could buy one from a hospital, I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> so I assume 15 six milligram spearmint pouches a day is a decent amount. I do like five three milligrams. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he's doing so three times as many pouches and twice as much in terms of milligrams. So Andrew recommends yeah. never using the coffee one. It's disgusting. And he said, Lafayette, I started when I was 41. Oh, yeah, you guys are wild starting this stuff so late in life. But I guess, you know what? Life's many small pleasures. This is one of them. And you got to enjoy it when you can. Plus, nicotine. By the way, 30, 39 is the new 29, though. Like with, with medicine, I, I feel better than ever. Nicotine's not even bad for you. It's just, you sure know, isn't. how you get it. Sure isn't. It is yeah. bad. Anyway, one more question we had from, uh, from where the hell is it? Oh, yeah, from Andrew. Good morning, guys. Any advice on the lineup generator? There are many lineups to choose from, so maybe I'm doing something wrong as I haven't done well thus far. I usually play one to three lineups per contest. How would you recommend someone using the lineup generator for someone playing one to three contests? I, I wouldn't get bogged down on short-term results. Like, it, it could be nothing. That's sort of where we're at here. Um Try to have, like it, so much depends on what contest you're entering to. You know, if you're making a lineup for the large field lottery in comparison to like a small field single entry, that's going to change up what you're looking for there. Where you might be willing to take a bigger shot on a random like last dude in in comparison to in that smaller field where you don't have to take those sorts of unnecessary risks. It's hard to really answer without knowing a little bit more about what's what those contests are and you know what the real expectations are, but there it, it, it's kind of there's not a lot to add in terms of like theory of using the lineup generator it's giving you really good lineups right out of the gate if there's ever pieces that you don't feel great about then you know click discard and let that next one pop up and see if you feel a little bit better about that next one but like in terms of strategy for it it's hard to say anything concrete because the contest is going to really matter for sure. But also, you know, being able to look at the optimal projection and ownership and finding one yeah. that's projecting really well, but isn't super chalky. That's a, that's a big aspect of all of this as well. And you can, it do certainly that. is. Yeah. But um, look, the tools crushing for a lot of people. And I think Josh is right. Don't take small sample size into, into like, especially if you're only playing one to three lineups a night, you know, that you're, you just keep doing it's it's building lineups for you that are all, that you know are good lineups with our ranking system there's no doubt about it we're throwing out yep. all the bad ones so yep. yeah miami and milwaukee here we go the, the miami heat are going to be very 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 popular today without question there's no jimmy butler 
There's no Terry Rozier. There's no Josh Richardson. We have Duncan Robinson in, and we have him projected for the highest ownership of any player on the slate. But he is, in fact, questionable for this game. Yeah. So pay attention to that one as well, because literally the highest owned player on the slate could potentially be out today. But look, now you're taking Jimmy Butler off the floor. You're taking Josh Richardson off the floor, which immediately right there is a huge deal. Josh yeah. Richardson in and of himself, Josh, isn't that big of a deal. Take him off the floor with Jimmy Butler and with Terry Rozier. And now it's just opening absolutely everything up. And the yeah. thing that jumps off the page to me, I'm sure you, you would have said the same thing. Despite all of this and us knowing this yesterday afternoon, I told you, I, we knew all the news we got yesterday morning and afternoon was for this slate. Yeah. These prices have barely adjusted, if at all, to account yeah. for the absences in Miami. They are problematic today. Clearly the team with the most ownership, it's not close. They have 200% in the aggregate. Orlando is second at 106. Uh, they're twice as owned as the Magic. And I have no disagreements with that at all. I have 260, so I'm over the field on all of these guys. Don't forget, it's also no Kyle Lowry. That's another ball hand. Like, even yeah, if you don't sure, have Rogier, sure. like Lowry was the previous Rogier, and right. he's not there either. Good call. Um, so you've got six guys, 20% owned or more. Kayla Martin, Jaime Hawkes, Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, Kayla Martin. Wait, uh, damn, I shouldn't have done that in the order that I did it. Bam, Kayla Martin, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkes, Kevin Love, and uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, we have Duncan Robinson pretty negatively leveraged, although he's 37% optimal. So take that with a grain of salt. Similar for Tyler Hero, who is also over 30% optimal. Assuming Duncan Robinson is in, he is the best option here. 4,200 shooting guard, small forward. You assume he's stepping into a starting role, playing like 32 minutes. They just don't have enough guards. I have 68% of Robinson. I'm over the field. I think the next guy that you're prioritizing for this team is probably going to be $6,900 Tyler Hero the guy with the second highest optimal rate. I have 66% of Tyler Hero. He's 40% owned. 1.1 fantasy points per minute in the spot. Remember, Milwaukee defense, not all that great. Pace, a lot faster than the Miami Heat play. I've got 20% of Bam at 8,300, although I do have his under on prize picks today. So we are going to be cheering against that one a bit. Uh, by the way, back to back to back. I'm too good at this. Caleb Martin at 5K, power forward only. I've got 30%. He's 20%. Back in the starting lineup, playing 34 minutes a night, unavoidable. Jaime Hawkes, I don't really trust his minutes. I think he's going to be in and around 30. Certainly could play more. I just don't know if they're going to do it. But small forward, power forward, 4,500. Has not been good as of late. 0.7 fantasy points per minute. I think you got to project him a little bit higher, given all these ball handlers are out. I have 54% of Jaime Hawkes. He is my third most exposed Miami Heat player. Only guy that I am significant, I don't even want to say significantly under on, but I only have 22% of the $3,600 Kevin Love. He's 32% owned. Center only is really limiting. So I would imagine he's the easiest guy to get away from, from Miami right now. But those six dudes pulling the ownership, they deserve that ownership. They do. Listen, with Butler, Rozier, and Lowry off the floor this year, there's actually a decent amount of minutes that have been played. Bam out of bio, 1.21 DraftKings points per minute. Kevin Love, 1.17. Not yeah. bad. No. Tyler Hero, 1.07. You look at usage rates for these guys, 26% BAM, 26% uh, 
Tyler Hero, 20% to Kevin Love. There's you, I'm not saying you know where the production is going to come from because it's basketball and weird shit happens, but you know where the opportunities are going to come from in this game. There's just no yeah. doubt about it. And these guys all are completely, you put it out, you put it out, completely warrant these price. Like Bam has a 23% assist rate and Tyler Hero 22%. They're, they're all plus, these guys are plus one fantasy point per minute guys, particularly the more expensive ones in Bam and Tyler Hero. How many minutes are you giving Kevin Love today is the question. I gave him 18. We gave him 18. So I feel pretty good about that one. Um, the center eligibility is limiting. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. He's a really good value. He's a good value, but 32% for him. I expect that to come down a bit. And any value we get, will like... push him out first. What's that? Any value we get throughout the day. Like Kevin loves the first type of guy to go away because he's center only. Right. I was going to say, if he had power forward eligibility, I would for sure like him more than Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. For sure. But he doesn't. Because he can get hot from three and and actually make some things happen. Sure. There's no way you're getting away from Miami today. There's no way you should try to get away from Miami today. Uh, I know it might not be. There's too much opportunity here. Yeah. Okay. Is it the greatest matchup against Milwaukee? Well, I guess it depends on what type of defense we expect from the Milwaukee Bucks. But um, my guess is a lot of that is randomness, the, the struggles that they've had. Like, they're still still a good basketball team. They are playing their second of a back-to-back, though. But it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Eight-point favorites even at home against the Heat. I, I just don't see any way you get away from it. Now, I want to ask you this before we move on to Milwaukee. If Duncan yeah. Robinson doesn't play <laughs> – yeah. Like you're, you're just to be clear, you're already playing Bam. You're already playing Tyler Hero. Um, yeah. You're already playing Hawkes. Like there's a lot of guys that you're already playing, Caleb Martin, and some of them would even look better. But what if he doesn't play? Does anybody else jump on as like, wow, now, now we have to play him too? Yeah, I assume we start looking at Flatman salary, Jamal Kane. Um, I think he would probably be working his way into enough minutes to matter. And then you have Alondis Williams, who's another one of their two-way guys. Uh, he's a guard, like a, a, a legitimate guard. So it's possible that he's going to play a little bit here. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the backup point guard and played whatever minutes Tyler Hero wasn't on the floor. But as you start losing more of these guys, especially Duncan Robinson, if you lose a guard, you can get him up to that. And he's flat 3K as well. Uh, point guard, just point guard. Um if you can get him up to in that 18, 20 minute range, then you start having another potential value play. But I think Jamal Kane would get the first crack at it. Flat three K small forward. You're going to, you're, you're probably looking at both of them at that point. Yeah. Miami is. And if Duncan Robinson plays, you're playing Duncan Robinson. Do you have any yeah. issues playing just a lot of Miami in the same lineup today? No, I'll probably have three of these dudes in just about everything I'm doing. You would think so, right? Now, Milwaukee yeah. on the other side, Chris Middleton, I don't know if he's a fish. It's a second of a back-to-back, but Doc said he was like he's out for the next couple games at least. That that yeah. was the way. He, there's, there's no way Chris Middleton's playing today. You know, barring anything, I would be very surprised. Yeah, barring anything crazy. But once again, Giannis pulling no ownership. He had a phenomenal game yesterday. Absolutely. He sure did. The issue here, though, is he is so much more expensive than anybody else on this slate. There, there's nobody within $1,400 of Giannis Antetokounmpo today. 
And yeah, he'll play the second of a back-to-back. He played what th- only 30 minutes yesterday. They had a yeah. pretty significant win over Denver. He had 36 and 18 with five stocks and five assists. Only 5% owned. Are you getting the Giannis or anything from Milwaukee against this Heat team? He is in 50% of my lineups right now. So then how what do the rest of those lineups look like if he's in 50%? I, what do you mean? Well, I'm saying you're underweight on Isaac. You're underweight on love, right? Yeah. So you've got to be pulling value somewhere with a near 12K guy. I mean, I still have 22% of love. I have 24% of Cole Anthony, 18% of Isaac. There's three okay. guys right there at 3,500. Um, 68% Duncan, Duncan Robinson at 4,200 yeah. certainly helps. Jaime Hawk is at 4,500. You don't have to go all the way to the bottom. There's just there's enough in that three four or in like four K range. That's true. Miami offers a couple four K range guys as well. And I don't even think that I have Giannis like so ridiculously projected. I'm a couple points ahead of us, obviously, but I have his points, rebounds, and assists at fifty point one. It's forty eight and a half at Prize Picks right now. So like inside one and a half in that range. Like I can't chalk that up to something I need to make a change for or anything. Jordan, can you do me a favor? Go to the Sims tool. Don't sort by any team. Just I just want to see our exposures on 150 star lineups right now. I'm I think he's easy to, to get see. to. Um, what's that? I think he's really easy to get to. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just walking through it now, I, I do too. I, I just want to see. I'm very curious to see what our exposures look like on the top end of the salary spectrum. So, look, out of the gate, we're getting a ton of Miami. No, mm-hmm. no surprise there. A lot of LeBron, though, Josh. Uh, uh, he's my second most owned payup. I have 16%. Uh, who else? Let's see if there's anybody else here that's expensive. And I've, I have 14% of AD. They're the three guys that I have in double digits north of 9,500. There's, like, there's a line drawn in the sand between Tatum and Lillard. Tatum's 9,500. Lillard's 8,900. From that uh, Tatum price up, the three guys that I have in double digits are Giannis, AD, and LeBron. Okay. It's almost like playing the Pistons is a good thing. Thirty <laughs> percent Cade we're getting to though. Uh, okay. So, which I mean, I I get that. K- Same. Wh- what's he priced at? Cade is seventy eight hundred. Wow. Okay. No boy on no Alec Burks. Yeah. Yeah. No Killian Hayes. He's also not limited from a playing time perspective either. Nope. So I totally get that. And by the way, if you're wondering, the Sims, what this is doing is you'll see the contest generator on the left side generating these contests. And you can decide like what the field, how many go into this, into the contest. If you're playing a small field, you could do 250, 500, 1,000, up to 5,000. You generate the contest and then you sim that tens of thousands of times. The contest generator is trying to create a contest that is essentially mirroring what the contest you're entering is going to look like. It's trying to build, essentially what it's doing is building the lineups that we think are going to be in that contest and then simming them tens of thousands of times. And in doing so, once you do so, you're seeing what all of these, okay, so if you go, Jordan, to like top 10, see with the lineups there, that's after they've been simmed thousands of times, Josh. Then you're seeing how many times did this lineup win this contest? How many times did it finish top 10? This is how like professional players have been doing it forever. Now it's just available to anybody, which is not everybody was excited about that. 
Uh, and then you can go to player ROI and see what their individual ROI was in these contests, in these simulations. So um, it's, you know, I, I, there's probably not many people out there that are at the top of the DFS world that aren't using Sims in some form or fashion. Correct. It, it's got to be, it's it's a minimal, yeah. minimal group of people at this point. Because they're great. They do the job better than anything else does. That's, yeah. There's no other way to describe it. There's you're not going to hand build lineups better. It's just not going to happen. Um, no. It's made my life a lot easier. Plus, we have the dude. The late swap tool tonight is going to be. Look, I'm not saying you'll net you'll 100 need it, but you have three games that start at yeah. 10 p.m. or later. That is complicating matters for sure. When you yeah. when you have an 8 p.m. and then it goes straight to 10 p.m. with three games, two of which have 240 plus point totals in this spot that is going to make the late swap tool allows you to, to seamlessly effortlessly swap in two minutes. You get news. We run updates. You swap. It gives you all of the optimal swaps. It simulates these lineups all the way through again and gives you all of the optimal swaps. By the way, you guys want to try it link in the description and in chat, you can do a week, a month, one sport. You just want to do NBA or you want all of the sports, right? Like PGA, MMA, NASCAR, NBA, MLB is coming up. And if you were to go all access and you rock the stochastic avatar, you're getting a huge discount on that as well. Like every month, not the first month, every single month, you're getting a huge discount on that. So uh, whatever your interest is a week, a month, you just want to try it out or you're saying, shit, man, I want to play all of these sports. Now that football's over, you can do that too, but we got a price range for everybody or the lineup generator. If you're looking for an entry level tool, uh, can't beat it. And we'd love to have you come join the team. Hop in our Discord as well. Say what's up. And if you have any questions about this stuff, my DMs are open. Greg's always happy to answer questions. We got tutorials on everything. So you're not going in head first into the shallow end, snapping your neck on the steps. You know what I mean? Ouch. Anyway. It sounds no, like man, the, tools, the tools have been awesome. And we've had we in our we have five screenshots just from yesterday of people hitting us up being like, yo, Sims are for real. We I wasn't sure about it, but I tried it out for the week. And the Sims tool second day, you know, gave me for the cool thing is too, it's like might be in the mini max or the end one or the yeah. fade away or the four point play. People are running these in any type of format, no matter what the entry level is. And then they're moving up in stakes as a result. Coming, it's coming into, you know, like when you get that ability to step up and get those much bigger first place payouts, that is, that's where the real money ends up laying here. Sacramento and Phoenix. The Kings are five point dogs, 245 and a half point total. So with Sacramento today, massive, massive total in this game, highest on the slate by four and a half points. Malik yeah. Monk's pulling 25%, Sabonis at 22%, Keegan Murray 19, Fox 13%. It is an interesting matchup on the road. There's no doubt about that. The problem is, and I know you mentioned it earlier. How much Sabonis can we realistically get to when there's all of these other high-priced options? The Phoenix Suns are essentially middle of the road in pace. Defensive rating, I have them 15th. They're, they're middle of the road matchup here, but this has a really high total. Yeah, this is a really weird one for me. So you see the big negative leverage on Malik Monk. We have him 15% optimal, 24% owned. I'm in full agreement here. And it's not like I don't have him projected well. I gave him 26 minutes. I got him at 28 fantasy points. I'm a fantasy point below us, but we have the negative leverage. 
I only got to 2% of Monk. If he's 24% owned, I won't be getting there at that rate. I don't expect him to be 24% owned. I think that falls to like that 18 range and uh, you end up getting a little bit more. Sabonis, similar story, 10K center only, 20% owned. We've got him with a little bit of negative leverage. Now, clearly, a, a more than reasonable play, but you've got AD sitting there at $100 more expensive, facing the Pistons, half as owned. You got Durant, $200 cheaper than Sabonis with a better positionality, half as owned. It's not that Sabonis doesn't look good. I just don't think that he looks better than other guys. Like they all kind of look the same and he's got a worse position, not a better one. So there's like, there's no problem rostering Sabonis. I just don't really understand why he's getting as much ownership as he is. It's not a projection thing for me either. 1.47 fantasy points per minute over the last 30 days for Sabonis. I got him at 1.4 in this spot. You don't just immediately project everybody for their ceiling. Uh, The guy that I'm getting to, I have a little bit of Fox. I have neutral to the field on Keegan Murray, 5,100 power forward only, 18% optimal, 18% owned. I have 18%, so it's just spot on there. And I'm doubling up on the Barnacle of the Bay, 4,400, small forward, (laughs) power forward. He is 6% owned. I have 12. We have him as the biggest positive leverage play on the the, uh, Kings. I'm seeing Sacramento basically the same way that our leverage is seeing Sacramento. I'm lighter on Sabonis. I'm lighter on Malik Monk. And I'm getting to the other pieces in and around the field. How did we come up with the name Barnacle of the Bay? I know it was clearly during the 2K Sims, right? I know it was during the Sims. He hit that, but he hit the, he hit the shot to win it for the Warriors. Right. Against Boston, I think it was. Sounds right. I mean, Barnacle, sure. I, I, I guess it just... He, will, he was on the Warriors, so they're in the Bay. It's just Bay, the alliteration yeah. worked. If Barnes you're asking, like, how it really started, I don't have a clue. But you had that, right? Not Ben. That was you that came up with Barnacle. I I don't I don't know. I mean, he... I'll take the credit for it, but it uh, there's, like, I'm not confident that it was me. But I don't... I have not stopped saying it since we did it. <laughs> By the way, another thing with this game, there is nobody, nobody, that is on the injury report. Nope. I mean, you're talking about two clean bills of health on both sides. And then on the Phoenix side, you have Bradley Beal getting 12% right now, $7,300. Durant at nine, Booker at at five. Yeah, obviously Durant and Booker are similarly priced. Bradley Beal's not particularly cheap. Nurkic is 7K himself. It, It is funny too, when you're looking at this team, you have five of seven starters that are $7,000 or more, which oftentimes makes this one of the more difficult teams to get to when everybody's healthy. Yeah. It's like, this is just, uh, they're like Boston. They're like, there's a couple of TOKC to a degree where like we, these guys are relatively healthy for the entire season and you just kind of get them doing the same shit over and over and it's over again. It's hard to do analysis on a team like this. Very, very. Because what's the analysis? Hey, there's some really good players on this team, but they're all pretty expensive, and it might be him today, or it might be him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're it's like I'm surprised they're getting as much love as they are, but I guess that's what happens when you have a 245 total and you're facing Phoenix. That like Sacramento's as popular as they are with what I would consider to be like correct pricing. Jordan, what's our exposure to the to the Suns today? I mean, I, I would imagine it's pretty flat with just 
a few guys that are potentially pulling, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine percent ownership. That would be my guess. We've got it at oh, okay. Even less, Josh. Two percent Durant, two percent Nurkic, one point three percent Beal, 0.7 percent Booker. Yeah. I basically don't have these guys either. Uh, 6% of Booker is the most I have of anybody. I've got 4% of Eubanks, Allen, and Durant. Now we have 13% ownership coming into Beal. He is also the most negatively leveraged person in our boom bust tool. Only 9% optimal. I, again, I wouldn't mind having him at 7,300, but I don't think that he looks fantastic. Basically, we have the exact same projection that we do. Um, if I'm going to anybody here, I think Booker's probably the easiest guy to get to since he has the MPE, same price tag as Durant. And you want to get guys against Sacramento because they're not a very good defense. They certainly play fast enough. But while Sacramento seems to have like uh, slightly better pricing, you don't have you're, you're like $200 too expensive on everybody from Phoenix to get them to look like Sacramento. Certainly a game where if you're going to get a couple pieces of the Kings, you feel like you want to get something on the other side for Phoenix. It also feels like you're kind of paying a ceiling price point on Beal. Not, you know, in, in this offense, because he had what? One game, two games ago with, with no Devin Booker. And then he had a stretch there of just three really solid games. Prior to that, he was $6,500. And now he's, and look, he's going to play a lot of minutes. That's one thing you can say about Beal. But he's $800 yeah. more expensive than he was just four games ago because he went on a, he had a trio of really big games. Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to continue to maintain. Like, I, I think they all come down to be very similar. I don't think you're going to see this. This strikes me as a team that's going to be in like single digit ownership across the board by the time we get to lock. Right. Like all of them, you mean? Because right now it's yeah. Deal that's up there. Yeah. Minnesota and Portland, 215 total. Yes, Minnesota has a solid defense. They're sizable road favorites. Malcolm Brogdon remains out for Portland. The Portland Trailblazers have an implied total of 102.5 today. 102 and a half. Minnesota is at 111. Mind you, we have a bunch of teams north of 115. Lakers at 126, Suns at 125, Kings at 120, Celtics at 118. We can start this off on the Minnesota side of things because they are still big favorites and it's not exactly a bad matchup. Conley's 5,000, Rudy Gobert 7,200, Nas Reed 4,200. You know, he'll get, he'll get, he'll benefit the most power forward center if one of those guys gets in foul trouble in the front court. And he should have some minutes regardless off of the bench. So I get it. Edwards, 14%. Monty Morris, 13%. None of these guys seem like staples of the slate unless you have one right now. They all just seem like, mm -hmm. hey, it's a, it's a pretty good spot. They're a pretty good team and Portland's bad. They're a weird team today. We've got the... Um, the the Mike Conley Memorial 20% ownership to start the day rate going in right now. Big negative leverage. Uh, spoiler alert, he won't be 20% owned. Uh, that will come down. He's just like the first guy to always get ownership for this Minnesota team. I have 4%. Uh, I'll probably get a little bit more when he stops being 20% owned. Second most owned guy is Rudy Gobert. Now, we don't really have negative leverage on him. 19% optimal, 20% owned. I am still lighter on Gobert, although I would not have any issue getting to him. He's been playing like 35 minutes a night and should totally eat against Portland. 
The guy that I am getting to the most is Nas Reed, 4,200 power forward center. I only gave him 22 minutes. That's right where we are. I have basically the exact same projection. We have him 16% optimal, 15% owned. I have 20%. Everybody else from Minnesota for me is in single digits, uh, including Monty Morris, who is 13% owned. I only have 6%. We have him with the biggest negative leverage number, but he is the flat 3K it would not take much for him to grab a couple extra minutes, you know, if they wanted to try to mute Conley or God forbid, Mike Conley gets ruled out today. And then you're getting a 3K Monty Morris playing a couple extra minutes. Towns is uninteresting. Edwards is fine in that 10% range. Um, you're not probably going to much else. Jaden McDaniels is fine at 4,100. Really bad per minute, dude. 6.66 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. There are little bits across the board for Minnesota that you can get to. I actually think Nas Reed is the best option. John P took exception to my nicotine. Uh, independently is not is not a yeah. comment. I don't think anybody's going to you for medical advice. Maybe we're going to take those with a slight grain of salt. I hope, I hope they aren't. I hope Dr. Dave. Although you agreed with me on it. Well, what else am I going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how bad can it be, right? Exactly. It's, I mean, everything's bad. Microplastics. There's no microplastics and nicotine. I'm sure you could find some stuff about caffeine as well. Yeah. All right, guys, don't do nicotine. <laughs> All right. What else do we have here? Oh. Uh, don't play anybody from Portland. Like, we could do that. Unless yeah, you want to take the over on DeAndre Ayton, who is my other play today. That line has already moved one full PRA since I took my video and posted it for prize picks. God, this team looks so bad. I, I only have two shares of Ayton and nothing else. There is nothing playable. The highest owned dude is Matisse Thibel at 3%, if you want anything for reference here. I have and nothing to have, add for Portland. And then you have Detroit and the LA Lakers to wrap yeah. this one up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So now we got to take a break. We got, we, I'm, I'm diving in here now. It's time. Why don't we end the show with it? Okay. That's fine. We can end we the show. One game with it. to go. And there's just, West just Fall, the okay. I'll let it happen. All right. I, I didn't forget about it. Don't worry. I didn't forget about oh, it. Oh, I won't let you forget about it. Kate is uh, 7,800. Against the Lakers, you mentioned no boy on. It's a pretty good spot. I mean, significant usage, 30-plus percent assist rate. I like Cade Cunningham quite a bit today. I know they're big dogs. I know they're going up against the Lakers in L.A. I think 7800 is a more than reasonable price point on this guy. So do I. Um, I'm surprised I don't have a little bit more. We have, you know, 20% owned. 20% optimal, basically. I only have 10%, but he looks like the best option that you can get to from the Pistons. I just appear to be saving a little bit of salary, grabbing the MPE, and going over on Jaden Ivey, who's basically the same play as Cade from a optimal rate ownership perspective. They're both right at 20% optimal, 20% owned. But I think the price, like I need a little bit of extra salary if I'm getting to that much Giannis. And the positionality is opening me up there. So I'm almost 2x the field on Jaden Ivey, 38% of my lineups. I'm a little bit lighter on Cade. Do I love that? No, it's a little scary, but I understand why it's happening. And it's not like Jaden Ivey isn't out there playing 
you know, 34 minutes with Cade as well. And then I'm neutral to Durin, who's 17% owned. I have 18%. We have him a little bit of negative leverage, but not too much. After that, you can grab some shares of Asar Thompson. Troy Brown is sitting there at the flat 3K is like a guy that works right now, but probably doesn't work all that well later today. But I think you, if you're looking at anything from Detroit, there are three dudes you should feel good about. Cade, Ivy, and Durin. This game looks pretty good. I mean, on the other side, though, where you've got the Lakers, you're you're, you're looking at the front end of a back-to-back against Detroit. What do you think? And I'm not – we don't know. No. What do you think the chances are one of LeBron and Anthony Davis doesn't play today? I assume they play. I do, too. I assume they both play. Like I, I think, In general, I think they, they usually do. Yeah, I know. By like, the way – They both just played a back-to-back on the 8th and 9th. If you look at the reporting on these guys, it's so funny the way, because you know how they're questionable every game? Yes. It's not just like ankle soreness or, you know, back soreness. It's LeBron is questionable to uh, left ankle perioneal tendinopathy, okay? And sure. Anthony Davis is questionable with, and please excuse the pronunciation here, too much nicotine today. Davis is questionable due to bilateral Achilles tendon tendinopathy and left hip spasm. So they're really going all out. Oh yeah. On these reports. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't see I hope they're both in though, because I think they both look good. I think they do too. Look, they're going up against Detroit. They're huge favorites. They have one of the highest totals on the slate. LeBron's 9,600 small forward power forward. Davis is center only, but 10-1. They look pretty good. The question for me is, what do you do with guys like D'Angelo Russell, and by the way, Spencer Dinwiddie expected to make his debut today as well, coming yeah. from the Nets at the trade deadline. They held on to D'Angelo. By the way, your um, your tuning up the moving van tweet was very good. I got a I got a good laugh out of that. Thank you. That was solid. Uh, Thank you. But yeah, like Rui, Russell, Reeves, these type of guys, because I think James and, and and Davis objectively look very good in this matchup. I think the four guys that are getting ownership, LeBron, and then you have AD, D'Angelo, Russell, and Rui, all at 12.8% ownership, which is really weird to see. Um, I think all four of those guys that are getting ownership are the guys that can get ownership and probably the only ones you really want to get. And I'm right around the field on all of them. 14% AD for me, 13% owned. He's a 1.5 fantasy point per minute guy in this spot. I've got 22% of Russell. He's 13% owned. He's been 1.08 over the past 30 days. We've got 18% ownership to LeBron. I have 16, call it one and three quarters, but better positionality than AD. And then I'm getting to Rui. I have 24% of him. He's 4,700, but he's small forward, power forward. He's a 0.8 guy. It's not exciting to get to Rui, but we have him 13% optimal, 13% owned. Those four guys are the only guys I'm getting. And I think they're the only four guys that you should get. Maybe if you're playing 150 lineups, you could talk yourself into a couple shares of Austin Reeves, but that is it for the Lakers. SMP said the Lakers aren't in a position to sit anyone either. They suck and need as many easy wins as they can. Yeah, you're not wrong about true. that. And Very then he put, he put easy wins in quotes, but I know what you mean. 11 point favorites at home, play your guys, yeah. get the win. Yeah, for sure. It's a good point. Uh, let's rank our positions. Then I will hear your hypothetical question and I will provide a response. Hopefully you guys stick around for this one. And by the way, uh, if you're not on Sleeper yet, don't forget, 
$500 first match deposit bonus. That's a huge one. That's, I think, the biggest one of any of these pick'em sites, right? It is. Yeah, awesome. it is. Yeah, link in the description and in chat for that. Ultimately, take advantage of every deposit bonus you get for these DFS pick'em sites and take advantage of every single free square opportunity you get for them as well. It goes a very, very long way in not just building a bankroll out of the gate, which is exactly what you're doing with this deposit bonus, whether it's 50, 100, or $500, but also making sure that you're building plus EV lineups in these pick'em formats every single day you jump in because every day an underdog or a prize picks or a sleeper or any of these other, they're going to have free squares. And it's just crazy to me to play on one one day when they don't have a free square. Not to say yeah. that you can't play there, but it's crazy to not pounce on the free square opportunities each day as well, because that's, you can't say- Keeps your cost money. down. Yeah, you can't say free money because it's never guaranteed to win. But if you just have one leg of this, one play of this lineup, that is literally a hundred, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent win rate. You'd be crazy not to jump. So, five hundred dollar first match deposit bonus matched up to five hundred dollars plus the free squares that they're throwing out every day, plus the cool dynamic pricing where you can actually put triple doubles, double doubles. Hell, you get to the baseball. You're talking home runs in there, uh, where it's a multiplier format, and you can up to one hundred extra entries. Very cool what they're doing. Very slick app as well. So check it out. Link in the description and in chat. If you're not on sleeper yet. Rank the, let's do it. Point guard. I assume we'll have plenty Miami in here, but uh point guard position. It's going to be Tyler Hero. For me, that's going to be Jalen Suggs. And I'll go Jaden Ivey as well. They are my three most exposed at the point guard spot. Shooting guard. At shooting guard. We have Duncan Robinson, obviously. We mentioned Hero on the previous position. We mentioned Suggs and Ivy. Only other option, I think, for me is going to be Mikel Bridges. Small forward. All right. Small forward. Duncan Robinson, obviously, again. Jaime Hawkes at 4,500. Franz Wagner is my other uh, highest-owned dude They are he, to go along with Duncan Robinson. Wagner does look very good today, for sure. Sure does. Power forward. Power forward, again, Jaime Hawkes. We're going to say Giannis for me here. A very big stand on Giannis. And then Caleb Martin. And center. Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, Nas Reed. Ark, it does. I said I must have missed the Portland part. Nope. Well, you might have if you blinked. Yeah. Wasn't much to say there at all. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. Fire away, brother. Did we hit 100 likes yet? Just making sure. I don't know. Did we? 117. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Much love. Go ahead. All right. It's the wee hours of Monday morning. The Chiefs have been out partying all night. You know, it's 3 o'clock. They're heading back to the hotel. Travis Kelsey's got his arm around Taylor. They're getting back for the real main event, the Super Bang. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, Genie pops up in front of them. He says, Hey. How high you guys. were you when you thought of this? Uh, not at all. Did this uh sitting at 
the bar last night eating dinner. Okay. Um, Jeannie's like, I know you guys are going in to smush a question for you guys. I want your sex tape. How much do you think Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift could sell the rights for their sex tape for? Why would a genie want the sex tape? It doesn't matter who's there. It's a, but pick the dude that runs Girls Gone Wild. I don't give a shit. I can't name anybody in this industry. Because a genie grants wishes. He's not asking. For not the point. Not the point. It's just odd when you think of a genie. Let's, let's pause here. The first two answers are 10 million and 10 million. Not even in the ballpark. This film would be like the I, Avengers. I would say 100 million minimum. 100 million was my snap answer and one of my friend's snap answers. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, that is not even close to the right answer. For Taylor, at least. Travis would take that bag. Yeah. Taylor's not taking it for a hundy spot. I think legitimately the answer would have to be 500. 500 mil? Think about how much money they would make. Like, you would print with that one. Where would you? Would you what? Would you print with that? Like, I think so. I, like, Swifties aren't paying a premium for a Taylor Swift Kelsey sex tape. They, if they if knew anything, she was okay with it, I think many of them would be disgusted by it. Depends how good he is. And then I'm not, I have no interest in seeing Kelsey's hog. Why not? I hate, to, I hate to say it, but we've already, but AI already did us favors when it came to old Swift. Yes. I mean, I have heard, seen her already in a pile of trash with Oscar the <laughs> Grouch. So I don't really know where we're going to go from here. So I don't, if it were me and I had the capital, I don't think I'd spend that type of money on a sec. I, I don't, there is, there, there are too many quality deep fakes. There's too much free stuff out there to begin with. I don't think I'd be willing to make that investment. Okay. I think 500 is what she would entertain. I think a, a true I, purchase price in that like two two fifty range is probably like the realistic range. And by the way, I know you were asking how much could they make off of it? And I kind of flipped it on how much would you be willing to pay for it? Hypothetically. Oh, no, had... well, the, 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 somebody's got to buy the rights. So I'm okay. That is the side of it that I wanted to go. To. No, right. A genie's buying the rights. Uh, so, I, <laughs> so um, I think you're right that there is somebody out there that would pay that type of money. I, I would be unwilling to do so. I think I'd have to, what if, what if her music is the soundtrack? Can she get dueling rights for that as well? She gets paid royalties on it. Yeah. If this were, here's the thing though. I think this would be worth exponentially more money if this situation were happening back during the girls gone wild days where you didn't just have like unlimited yeah. high speed internet access to everything free, you know, 
Yeah, the era is poor for this. This exactly. isn't this, this isn't the this isn't going to be the folklore era. I don't. You think. know, sometimes I still drive and I'll see one of those brick and mortar video stores with yeah. like the windows tinted out, you know, yeah. and, and the parking in the back. Uh, and I think to myself, I, Justine and I were driving the other day, and I was like, "This place is still open." I said, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Why? At that point, it's just got to be a kink. Like, there's no real reason to do that outside of that's your thing. Not a lot going on in those places, usually. Crazy. So, I think it's a big number. I think, can I even talk about this on the show? It is the end of the show, so you guys are free to leave. I, I mean, imagine if net. imagine if Netflix had it and they could just have it on there. That's the most watched thing on Netflix, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, think about what they would be willing to pay for what they consider to be the most watched things on Netflix. APK, I said 50% of dudes like porn. It would sell. Only 50%? Yeah. But I'm saying I don't know if it would. It's. Do you think do you think Netflix would pay 250 million dollars for the rights to that video? No. You're out of your mind. If they have their like assuming obviously like they're able to like the, the legalities of all of this are there. I have no doubt in my mind that Netflix would pay 250 million dollars for those rights. I would say more than anything else though it depends on the subject matter. What do you like like how good it is? Depends what's happened. You know, like nothing, nothing truly crazy. Just, you know, like a good athletic lovemaking session. If it's 30 minutes of missionary, nobody's. That doesn't it. strike me as what's going to be happening here. <laughs> just, just the, that's not the vibe I'm picking up out of Trav. All I'm saying is I think it could be difficult to to market uh, i think i think it markets itself pretty easily would you buy it if i were netflix and i knew that i could air it no would you buy a copy well i mean if, if we're assuming that the real answer is like you either have to buy it or you can't pirate it yeah 100 percent. but that's the point you know that'll be pirated pirated instantly it's so easy to get content now that like the pirating of already made stuff is feels like way more of a niche than it was 15 years ago. Power said I, the amount of sponsors they lose would be 500 million uh, in the billions in perpetuity per touring his future deals, 2 billion even. Yeah, no, look, I, I'm 100% no. with power. The, no, I completely disagree. So much red tape here that I would not go near it. No. Uh, how about this? Well, SMP member for 12 months using this is what a smart way to use a super chat because this is a great question. What would he said the real question? What do they name the tape? Uh, 1969. <laughs> That's a great question. What would you name the tape? I mean, the terms, the word swift can be used so, I mean, so easily with anything. Yeah. 
there's something there. There's a pun there that I'm not going to be able to figure out. I mean, if he was a running back, you'd just call it swift penetration part one. I don't know if you want penetration in the title. I think you need like <laughs> a, I need, I think you need a good pun. Zach Justice um, said the fifth quarter. I don't hate that. That's not bad. Bilbo said that's... Netflix paid five hundred million for Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld. That's a lot of. That's a lot more content, though. We gotta go. You know, we gotta get out of here. Uh, my answer is, I don't. I don't think I would make an offer. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. You guys have a great rest of the day. Deeper dive live before lock coming up later this afternoon. Appreciate you hanging out as always. Uh, it's been fun. We waited till the end. That's fair. I'm so glad I did not allow you to ask this question at the beginning of the show. You were going to ask this at the onset of the show today? Well, yeah, I don't want people to skip it. I Nobody want, did. Yeah, we still know, got like pod, Podcast plus. listeners might not get to this point. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you back here. Josh at Josh Engelman for more... Um, for more hypothetical genie propositions, me at Lavi underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Appreciate you hanging out as always. Thank you, Jordan. We'll see you back here for the next one. Jake DeWitt, 15-inch penalty. <laughs> Later.